listening to the Coaching Academic Podcast, the podcast for coaches, leaders and academics who are interested in translating research into practice. Each episode, I discuss a brand new piece of cutting-edge research and translate the findings with suggestions of how you can incorporate the research into your practice. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca J. Jones. Now, on with today's show. Hi and welcome to this episode of the Coaching Academic Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the paper Coaching with Artificial Intelligence, Concepts and Capabilities. And I'm joined again by Dr Holly Andrews. Hi Holly. Good morning Rebecca. Hi, thanks for joining me again. So this paper, this is a bit of a different paper to some of the usual ones that we look at because it isn't a piece of primary research. So the authors haven't gone out and collected any data, but instead they've written kind of like an essay, perhaps I I describe it as, in that they're taking concepts um, from artificial intelligence and they're applying this to coaching. I mean, one of the aims they talk about is that they want to contribute to a better understanding of the capabilities of AI coaching. And this is a topic that's come into my radar more recently. And, and so that's got my interest going and I wanted to learn a bit more about this. And when I saw this paper, I wanted to, to have a look at their perspective. So Holly, they start off, don't they, about defining AI and then defining what AI coaching is specifically. Yes. So AI, they say, is referring to machines that can do tasks requiring intelligence when performed by humans. And as such, AI displays intelligent behaviour by analysing its environment and taking actions to achieve the goals that it's designed for based on a set of formal rules. So Basically, AI is able to analyze inputs, make decisions. I mean, the rules have to, it has to learn the rules. The rules have to be programmed in. It uses big data sets to kind of learn these rules. But once it's got, you know, an initial understanding, it can do some of the things that humans can do. It can make decisions. Um, And examples that people are probably all familiar with, like, for example, if you apply for a credit card, you know, deciding whether or not to be, you're going to be accepted, that's typically AI because it's learnt out of all the many factors, all those bits of information that you have to fill in. Are you likely to be able to repay your credit card or not? And that's the kind of thing that AI can do. So when we start to apply it to coaching, coaching is obviously quite a different thing to something like, you know, are you credit worthy or not? So The authors take some time to differentiate what AI coaching is in comparison to other types of coaching. So I think it's pretty clear uh, how AI coaching is different from face-to-face coaching. Obviously, that's involving a human coach. And it's also quite clear that I think how it's differentiated from technology-mediated coaching. So if you're coaching over Zoom or, you know, whatever kind of over emails, however it might be, you're using technology as the way of doing your coaching, but it's still a human, that's not AI either. AI is where actually the machine is taking on the responses from the coachee and responding to them. 
it's acting as the coach. And again, this is slightly different from the, I think the concept of coaching that it's probably closest to is this concept of self-coaching. For example, you might get, you know, if, you, if you've got a coachee who's got a workbook um, of coaching questions that they've got to work through and they've got that kind of self-paced, self-directed coaching activity, that's different to AI because AI should be able to respond to what the coachee says. Whereas in that kind of self-coaching, although there's not a human there either, all the questions are preset. There's no response to the answers. The coachee is just kind of working through things and the questions are there to help them to kind of think things through. This one, your AI bot, you know, if you think of it like a little chat bot, you know, if you say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm interested in working on time management, it should be able to respond and ask you questions that are specific to time management rather than some other problem that you might be working on. Mm. Yeah, and I think this idea of AI coaching is really interesting, not least because people are quite divided on whether it's ever going to be possible. And when I talk to people, some are like, there's just no way that you could, machine could coach in the way that humans do, or even not even in the way that they do, but they just couldn't coach. It's too complex. Humans are too complex. It requires too many skills. It's just not going to be possible. Whereas other people that you speak to are quite optimistic about the fact that that it could be done. And not only that, if it could be done, it would help democratise coaching by making it much more accessible, much more affordable, you know, a tool that might be useful for people that would never get exposed to coaching because of the cost of it. So, you know, I really think this is interesting to start to look at this thoroughly in terms of what could a AI coaching do and hopefully that will help to influence people working in this area in terms of developing AI coaching capability because what the authors do and we'll go on to discuss this is they really highlight the specific bits of coaching that might be suitable for AI whereas others perhaps are less suitable and, and I think if they we use that information to guide future developments and that can show us where efforts are, are best placed. Yeah. So before they do that, though, what they, they, they do next is to actually set out some AI evaluation criteria. So this is basically a series of kind of steps or, or points that AI, we evaluate AI on. They then use this to map onto steps in coaching. So, for example, they say things like AI must be able to learn a function of well-defined input and output. So the input and output must be well-defined so that AI can then learn how to get best from the input to the output. So what that means is you need to know what you're putting into it first. It's got to be well-defined. It can't be kind of vague or fuzzy. You've got to know exactly um, kind of what you're putting in so to speak. So with the example that Holly mentioned earlier, with the credit scoring, you know exactly what data is going in and you know what decision needs to come out of it. It's very well defined. It's not kind of fuzzy or vague at all. We need to be able to, um, large data sets either need to exist or can be created. So AI needs to have access to large data sets in order to learn from it. So it looks for patterns or trends in behavior and then predicts kind of how to react to in certain scenarios. But in order to do that in a statistically significant way, it has to have really large data sets to base this on. 
It needs to have clear feedback with clearly definable goals and metrics. So they say that AI works well when goals are clearly defined and when there are clear metrics to evaluate its performance against. So again, basically, you need to have a really clear idea on what you want to achieve and how you're going to measure when you get there. It needs to have no long chains of logic. So they say that AI can be more easily employed on a simple concept without the need for common sense or very long kind of reasoning or, or, or logic. So they say here that as a rule of thumb, anything a human can do with kind of one second of thought can likely be automated by AI. So the example they provide is a detection of whether a picture shows a cat or not. So obviously that's something very simple. Most humans would be able to do that very easily. It doesn't um, require long chains of logical reasoning. Um, so that's something that could easily be done by AI. So the next one is tolerance for error. And with this one, basically the tasks that are more suitable for AI are tasks where they there can be some degree of error. We don't need every single decision to be 100% accurate. Um, it needs to be a task where if there's some mistakes or some error, then it, it doesn't kind of deviate too much from the desired output. Then we've got the learning function should not change rapidly over time. So as AI learns based on training through this large data set that we talked about earlier, we need to predict or anticipate that any future data sets should be quite similar. So AI needs to uh, kind of analyze these large data sets in order to learn these trends. And therefore, it's not going to be suitable if we think that actually there's going to be big shifts in the data um, very quickly, because then AI isn't going to have time to kind of learn about those shifts. Obviously, there's we need to have no need for physical skills or mobility. So it can't actually be uh, something that involves moving or lifting um, things. It's AI is in this, certainly we're not talking about robots here. So, but in terms of coaching, obviously it relies on communication. So, so that's not a problem. Um, and then finally, they've got that there should be no need for detailed explanation of how the decision was made. So they talk about the fact that current systems aren't good at explaining the reasoning behind decisions. So they might get to an answer, but AI can't really explain how it got to the answer. So that's something else to, that we can use to evaluate each step of coaching to see whether AI might be suitable. And that's what they do next, isn't it, Holly? Yeah, so the authors have a go at working through the practice model of coaching and, and seeing the extent to which each step of that model could be automated within AI. And I think the biggest issue that AI runs into is right at the start of coaching in the problem identification stage. Um, as the authors identify that actually this stage of coaching is going to be really, really difficult to automate and for AI to learn actually how to help somebody identify what their issue is. As anyone who coaches quite often knows that the issues clients come to coaching with, what they present with, quite often isn't the core of the problem. And AI cannot understand somebody's intention and they cannot, pick, you know, it can't pick up uh, certainly at the moment on kind of peripheral cues of, you know, how the person is presenting themselves. It can't necessarily make 
connections between different things that somebody is saying. So if somebody's saying something that's contradictory, for example, AI doesn't necessarily kind of understand the content of what somebody's saying to be able to feed back. Well, actually, that doesn't seem to align with that. So that problem identification stage, in the author's opinion, in this paper is something that's still going to require um, a human coach. It's quite often this is where we're really trying to raise awareness and insight in coaches. And, you know, they come and they don't necessarily know what the problem is and they don't know that they don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Yeah, AI can't go digging for that because it's not a clearly defined output them that we're searching for in that problem identification stage yeah exactly so they say here that AI doesn't capture what clients didn't know before so they you know there's no way that the AI is able to kind of dig in and and help the client identify the fact that the goal that they thought they wanted to work on isn't perhaps the underlying reason or cause for their behavior or why they've struggled to achieve that goal or or uh, kind of understanding that bigger picture it's just it seems as though this part of coaching is just too complex it's too kind of iterative anyone that does coaching knows that often you end up coming back to this problem identification many times it's it's often an evolving thing and yeah, as you said, Holly, that even if the client thinks that they want to work on goal A, once you get into it, you realise that underneath goal A, there's goals B, C, D, E and F that also need to be worked on first before we can even start to think about um, this problem that's detailed in the first goal. Yeah, I, they do say that there's two possible opportunities for you know using AI in relation to problem identification. One is around actually coaching on set topics. So rather than the client identifying a problem area, actually there is a, you know, a co- an AI coaching program for time management or mm. for stress reduction, whatever it might be. And AI could cope with that. Or uh, the other thing that AI might usefully be able to do in the problem identification stage is use um, diagnostics, so psychometric tests. Because um, it will obviously be much quicker at being able to analyse the patterns in that kind of data and put together lots of different psychometric profiles to draw conclusions. Because, again, that's that kind of clearly defined. We know, you know, people are going to score each item one, two, three or four. The input is clear. How you get to the output is clear. So that's something that AI could cope with quite easily. Great. And then so next they look at this, the next step, which is to develop realistic and relevant goals, don't they? And this one, they thought that AI might have a better chance of of dealing with it. Yeah, because again, you know, we've got something that we can measure goals against. So smart criteria is the example that they give. So AI could learn how to identify whether a goal is specific you know, has it got, you know, a, a measurable component to it and so on and so forth. So AI could, um, you know, AI coaching capability could be built in this area and could be used yeah. to help people create smart goals that are really going to help them um, to move forwards. They, they did pick up here that AI might not identify potentially conflicting goals. And the example they give is such as when clients want to work on their work-life balance, and at the same time, they wish to increase their job performance. 
Yeah. And they talk about the fact that that links to this error tolerance that needs to be set when successfully employing AI. So again, it's there are some limitations there. And it also points out that it won't be able to assess the ethicality um, mm. of people's goals. So coaching as a profession is obviously there's lots of codes of ethical conduct. And the example they give is as a coach, you know, you wouldn't want to support somebody in, in develop, developing their you know, negative leadership uh, skills. So but AI can't understand that. So, you know, it would enable people to you know, work on unethical goals and goals that we wouldn't want to support them in. Mm. And I suppose something which they don't discuss, but it's just occurred to me, is that perhaps people might feel um, is more socially acceptable to try and target something that's a bit unethical with AI coaching rather than a than a human coach. Because as I was reading that, I was thinking, oh, I've, ne- I've certainly never had someone come to me for coaching and they've said they want to become more of a coercive, leader (laughs) but you know they're probably not going to because most uh, social norms would tell most people that's not really going to be acceptable but when you're dealing with a robot then you know maybe the people with those unethical tendencies might be quite happy to try and work on those different types of unethical behaviors that they normally wouldn't because it's a bit uncomfortable yep it's, I mean, it's exactly the logic of why lots of researchers do online questionnaires when they're looking to tap into, you know, unethical or undesirable behaviour, because we know that people are more likely to tell you the truth about that if they're anonymous and, you know, they're not interacting with an actual person. So, yeah, yeah. exactly the same would apply. <laughs> Next stage, generating solutions. AI can help with that. Um, the authors believe, because, again, this is qu- a, quite a relatively straightforward step of coaching you know typically we try and get clients to imagine a big long list of alternative solutions and AI can keep prompting you know what else might there be what haven't you thought of um, and so on and so forth Um, and they could also the, the authors also say about actually they could build in some creativity prompts and tools to enhance clients imagination so if you've got clients who kind of struggle to imagine alternatives you know there are ways that AI could build enhancing their imagination and their their creativity in so I think that's really positive Mm -hmm. Um, but again clients wouldn't receive any feedback um, on their solution so you know the point that they raise is that clients wouldn't you know get any feedback on idea areas they might not have thought of because the AI isn't going to be able to identify you know what the areas might be it's just going to be looking at you know how many solutions have you generated you know possibly how different those solutions are Mm. and the authors also thought that the next stage could be uh, handled quite well with AI coaching which is the consideration of consequences so once the a list of alternative solutions has been created clients then need to consider the consequences of these solutions and rate their usefulness And again, because they felt that's quite a well-defined task, then AI should be quite well suited to guide the client through that step. So um, again, that that particular part of coaching, they felt that AI might be quite effective there. Yeah, and they they highlight that 
AI will be able to do things like provide visualization. So once, once people have rated all their possible solutions, it can give a visual image that reflects kind of how they've rated all these different alternatives on different criteria mm. and so on. So actually the tools that it could provide could be quite useful. They say it represents an additional opportunity uh, in AI coaching. Yeah, and obviously lots of people are quite visual learners as well. So that's something that, you know, is it, it's a nice way of actually helping people see that the their kind of all of those considerations together in a nice visual way, very almost instantly, as they say. Um, so, yeah, next then they've got this target most feasible solution. Again, AI seems well suited to just you know asking people the questions you know which of your solutions seems the most feasible which one do you want to work on it could have feedback loops in it whereby if somebody picks the solution that actually they didn't rate the highest in the previous step then it it doesn't necessarily say pick another you know pick a different solution that's not the right one but it can prompt them to reflect on you know why they've chosen that solution when there's one with a higher score so Again, this is quite a, a nice kind of AI friendly part of coaching. Mm. And then the next step is the implementation of the chosen solution. So again, the authors suggest that actually AI could be used quite nicely here because uh, in terms of asking clients to define manageable steps in terms of how they're going to implement their, their chosen solution, that could be relatively easy for AI to implement. Um, I think one thing that they haven't discussed here that much, and this is something that I've written about um, previously, is, is using uh, the science that we've got from implementation intentions. And this is all about, you know, if X happens, then I'll do Y. But if Y happens, then I'll do Z. And kind of really thinking we know from the science around improving health behaviours that if we create really specific implementation intentions and work and think about lots of different scenarios that we might come up against, then we're more likely to be able to successfully make a behaviour change. And the action planning should use that implementation intention step. And although I think that AI might be able to help clients break things down into manageable steps, Certainly my experience of working with people like this, we often don't automatically go far enough. We need to really break those things down into kind of micro steps and also think about different cases and, and examples. And the authors do talk about the fact that AI might prove unhelpful. Their lives are severely disrupted and then something might prevent them from implementing the solution in their daily lives. And they give an example, such as when they might receive strong negative feedback from their supervisors or colleagues. And I think a human coach can actually help a client to think through various scenarios of well, what will you do if this happens and what will you do if that happens? And I think that might be a bit more difficult for um, AI to do because of the huge variety of scenarios and also thinking back you know, a human coach obviously gets to know the client and can listen for those patterns and themes they can think about or the challenges that that client's had in the past or with other goals and, and imply that with this implementation intention planning. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I'm a, I'm a bit more sceptical about how good AI would be at, at this step. And they, they do highlight that 
AI, you know, is going to be particularly good in this step when clients are good at planning and just need that bit of space for reflection. But it's going to be more tricky for AI to feed back on mm-hmm. on whether the steps are too broad, whether they're feasible, mm-hmm. I say, in that person's life, you know, coming up with different scenarios. That is all going to be much more challenging uh, mm-hmm. for AI to do because it involves, like I say, that complex chain of reasoning, that human logic um, that we have that AI at the moment um, isn't able to replicate easily. Mm. And then the last one is the evaluation. So um, here they talk about clients here evaluate the impact of the coaching. And normally it's a simple step where clients rate their goal attainment. And so they, they, the author suggests that actually this could be easily implemented with AI coaching. So one thing that they do highlight, though, is that AI coaching um, clients working with AI coaches could actually be more likely to develop a dependency on AI coaching. And I was a little sceptical about this. I thought, really, is it any more likely to be dependent on an AI coach than a human coach? But Holly, you mentioned that you thought that might not be the case. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a possibility that you could become more dependent on an AI coach because they're just available all the time. And the authors do highlight actually being available at any time as being a benefit of AI coaching. But as we know, with social media, with it being there all the time, people become more and more involved in it. And if you've got, you know, in your device, this coach um then that you can access any time you could become more reliant on feeling like well I need to go through my coat the coaching process before I make that decision or before I do this um, and obviously as well the AI coach can't feed back if there's any kind of dependency it, it can't kind of pick up whether the client is becoming dependent whereas a human coach might be able to sense that and address that within the coaching relationship the AI coach you know, won't necessarily pick pick that up. I suppose you could build things in whereby if somebody is doing X amount of hours or using the app so many times a day or something that it might pick up and ask a question, oh, you know, you're using this a lot. What does that yeah. tell you? But it couldn't yeah. actually really address it. Yeah. And I suppose um, even if we thought that people may be just as likely to develop a dependency on their human coach, the fact is most people probably can't afford to run every decision every time they've got to make a decision to have a coaching session. So there's the automatic kind of cost prohibitive factor, whereas I'm not sure how some of these AI uh, coaching coaches work, but I assume perhaps once you've paid for the app, that's it, you've got it and you can run, you know, use it as much or as little as you want. So there's a kind of very practical um, barrier there to dependency that is perhaps removed with AI coaching. Yeah, so, I mean, for me, this, this I really liked the way that the authors took kind of this in-depth look at, at AI coaching and applied this, this kind of evaluation criteria really systematically to all of the different steps. And it certainly got me thinking about AI coaching in a new way and thinking about how we might integrate AI and where actually some elements of coaching it's probably going to be very difficult to integrate. I think I think the, the sense, the conclusion that I come out with from reading it, 
is that you know we still need a human coach for coaching to be you know mm. truly the valuable transformative experience that we know it can be but actually AI coaching can augment that process so certainly it can take over some stages it might be used as kind of you know homework between sessions mm-hmm. like I say to make it more if somebody you know if you can't afford many coaching sessions to actually give you something in between the coaching mm-hmm. sessions that you can afford so yeah I think it's got a lot of opportunities mm. and they met there's a really interesting sentence that just again really got me thinking that they they highlight, the authors highlight the fact that coaches could use AI for their own personal development because at some point AI is going to acquire many, many more hours of coaching experience than human coaches could ever gather gather in a lifetime. And I just never thought about that. But given the emphasis that certainly many professional bodies place on number of coaching hours, as this technology continues to develop, it's not going to be that long before we've got AI coaching bots that have got millions of hours of coaching experience. And, you know, not saying that that will then make them effective coaches, but it certainly raises some interesting points about how else we might use that kind of experience in the development of coaching. Yeah, absolutely. But thankfully, I don't think we're going to get replaced by uh, bots just yet. No. Well, we'll maybe uh, not for not in our lifetime yet, but we'll see. (laughs) So um, thanks for joining me again, Holly. Um, I hope you enjoyed listening to this week's podcast. The paper we were discussing was uh, coaching with artificial intelligence, concepts and capabilities. So thanks for listening and we'll see you again soon. Bye. for listening to the coaching academic podcast if you're interested in reading my research sponsoring the show or in hiring me as a researcher coach or speaker check out my website www.rebeccajjones.co.uk if you like the show don't forget to leave a review in itunes and subscribe so you never miss an episode if you have a question you'd like me to answer in a future show then please get in touch via my website Finally, you can connect with me on Twitter at coach underscore research. Thanks for listening.